3: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, welcome to the program. Gangs all here, uh, ready to go on this Thursday. Dan and the Dan that's Dan Patrick Show. Let me give you the breaking news. Adam Schefter just tweeting, the Falcons are shutting down their facility after multiple positive tests. Falcons had four positive tests this morning, according to sources. We don't know if those are coaches, people in the front office or players the falcons play the vikings coming up this weekend we'll keep an eye on this derrick henry the titans running back fresh off the win against the buffalo bills will join us later on david pollack former uh, college football player in fact a future hall of famer is going to join us we'll talk about what's going on with the alabama georgia game and coach saban testing positive We'll have a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, and you can take part if you like. You can watch on Peacock, and you can download the app for free and watch all three hours. You can also listen on our 362 radio affiliates around the country, and, of course, those on chat row, moderated by Tyler. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Uh, once again, McLevin will have a poll question coming up, but, When it comes to college football coaches, Nick Saban is larger than life. And in a sport where players come and go, Saban is one of the cornerstones. And that's why the news that he tested positive for the coronavirus felt so impactful. There have been coaches in the college ranks and the pros who have tested positive. Players, of course, have tested positive. But Saban, it feels like, is above the fray. Programs ebb and flow, but not Alabama. Since he took over, they've been in that top spot or challenging for that top spot every year. He has the answers, but his diagnosis is just another subtle reminder. The virus doesn't care who you are. Saban said he's asymptomatic for now, and hopefully he stays that way. Alabama has Georgia this weekend. With Saban not coaching, the line went from minus six, I think, down to minus four, minus four and a half. That's how much of an impact Coach Saban has. And it might go down even further than that. But you know, Saban is as respected as any coach in football or any other sport. So it's going to be interesting to see how he's involved in this game, because right up till 90 minutes before the kickoff, he has to cut off communications with his his sideline, his coaching staff. Nothing during the game. But also, I'm curious to see how Coach Saban uses his platform to share this experience with the coronavirus, hopefully educating us as the sports world and everyone else continues to fight this virus. But Coach Saban, and uh, I think he was being interviewed by Tom Rinaldi from the Mothership. And Of course he was. Of course, Tom Rinaldi. Something bad happens. Yeah, Tom Rinaldi brought his piano probably with him to uh, Tuscaloosa. But here is uh, Coach Saban talking about getting ready for Georgia.
4: So we're still still doing everything possible to get ready for the Georgia game. Uh, I'll have normal meetings tomorrow. Everything will be on Zoom. Uh, We'll continue to do this. You know, Sark's kind of filling in in my absence uh, for anything that needs coordinated in the office, but we're going to do everything we can to help our team.
3: I'm not sure how important the coach is during a game because coaches will tell you, you do all your prep work to get ready for that Saturday. So then everybody knows their job and they try to carry that out. But if a like whenever a manager gets thrown out of a baseball game, nobody goes, oh my God, they don't have their manager. Football, Coach Saban, Coach Belichick, more hands-on. Feels like that's a big loss. The fact that Coach Saban could affect the betting line by at least two to two and a half points is pretty interesting. I don't know the last time a coach affected a betting line, and maybe Vegas could help us with that. Yes, McLevin. Do they do that
5: halftime speech in the movies? Like, is that a factor?
3: Well, I don't know what Coach Saban says at halftime. Is everyone different? I'm I'm assuming he'll have a halftime speech. Are you talking about a fire in brimstone? Yeah, like,
5: like, you know, Belichick's always awesome in the second half. Do they give, like, that speech to Saban, address the team, and get them fired up? Like, is that a factor in a betting line?
3: I don't think Belichick gives a rah-rah, this is a Hollywood-type speech. I think he just says, uh, this is what we're going to do in the third quarter. Let's go get him. Who's with me? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what he does. That, his genius is not, and we're going to win, win, win. You know, we're going to win one for the Gipper. No, it's just he just says, uh, let me break this down, and this is what we're going to do, and then let's go out and do it. And, and Coach Saban doesn't strike me as a fire and brimstone. I'm going to smash a locker or something or smash a mirror. Yeah, Paulie.
6: But this had to happen against Georgia, Georgia week, not UT Chattanooga week, not Samford <laughs>
3: week. It just, it, the timing was nuts. Here's Coach Saban about what he'll be doing during the game.
4: Uh, obviously, Sark has been a head coach before, and uh, I'm not sure exactly how this is going to play out in terms of when the game comes. You know whether I can have communication with people or not. So um, we'll, we'll have to research and sort of figure that one out. But we did have a plan for each coach on the staff, as to what might happen. And we just got to go from there, just like if we lose a player, we have to do the same thing. So we'll
3: talk to David Pollock, who uh, played for Georgia, and uh, he'll join us coming up a little bit here. Florida LSU was postponed. I know that there are people looking at the skies falling in the SEC, but let's go back and look at the number of games that have been played. 26 of 28 games have been played, so two have been postponed. Those are pretty good odds right now. And they did build in a bye week to be able to reschedule a game. The SEC has done a pretty good job here. Baseball's about to finish the season and go to the World Series. The NBA did it. The NHL did it. We've had golf, although Dustin Johnson just tested positive. We played majors. We got the Masters coming up next month. The sports world has done a pretty good job here. I'm not all in on having fans go back. In fact, prior to... When Dan Mullen said I want 90,000 fans there for the game in the swamp and I go no, you're not getting 90,000. Maybe maybe 9,000, Dan. Maybe do a better job coaching. It doesn't matter how many fans are in the stands if you're coaching well. And you know, they have that game against LSU. But as far as the players, it feels like everybody is doing a pretty good job. But this one with uh, coach Saban, the Florida LSU game postponed. And uh, we'll find out because I think there are more Alabama players that will be tested today from what I'm told. And then I don't know if they're tested on Friday because there are certain teams, certain leagues, that they'll test on Friday, and as a source told me, that they didn't know if they would have players ready for Saturday until Saturday when they were playing their games. You might have other players on Alabama that test positive. If uh, the head coach, the athletic director, were they in contact with other coaches uh, anybody else uh, asymptomatic here? Were they, in, you know, close proximity to players as well? Those are the things to keep an eye on because this game could be in jeopardy because of that. But Coach Saban testing positive, the athletic director at Alabama testing positive. What are the odds? Just those two? And Coach Saban is one of those on the field involved in drills. It's not like he's up on a ivory tower looking down. Yeah, Paulie.
6: Is there anything in sports you'd more want a camera on than Nick Saban with a sandwich and a Dr Pepper mm. in his living room for four hours, watching his team helplessly, no matter what the outcome is? I I would give anything. If you told me it was it was forty nine ninety five pay per view to watch Nick Saban <laughs> watch Alabama Georgia, take my money.
3: Take it. I'm there with you. Yeah. Like I'd be curious just. If we got, okay, so we only got access to him when he's in his study. Right. Or his man cave there. Audio, direct shot. When That's was... it. Yeah. If his if his wife comes in or anybody comes in, then they're part of the reality show. If I could do that and have picture in picture with Coach Saban, and I would have the, the game sound down, and I would just be listening to Coach Saban yelling at the uh, TV. Uh McLevin, what kind of poll question do you have? I got to get to other headlines here, by the way. The Dodger, Dodgers spank the Braves 15-3. to Astros stay alive, still down three games to one. I love that these games are every day. I love it. And I've been watching it. You know, the Dodgers starting earlier, and uh, you didn't have to watch too. Like, I was bummed. It was 11 nothing in the first inning. I go, what am I going to watch now? And you start flipping around. I watched Louisiana against Coastal Carolina on the mothership. Football for a little while. And then I waited for uh, the Rays and the Astros. Yes, McLovin? By the way, we're
5: getting spoiled. No Thursday night. No. No football tonight. Uh, What am I going to do? Okay. So poll question. Is Nick Saban the most famous coach alive? If I put Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, and Coach K, who is, are they all in the same exact level?
3: Coach K is more famous. Because he does commercials. Um, this is this has been high level stuff for thirty years at the same place. And the fact that it's Coach K, you know, it's Duke basketballs worldwide. And you know, he's coached the Olympic team. I I I'd probably say Coach K is more famous. I, I think he's not afraid to be famous. I don't think Belichick tries to be famous, and I don't think Sabin tries to be famous. They're famous. Because they win. Coach K wins, but he's also a good interview. He's available. You know, Sabin's available you see twice a year. You know, he's very generous with his time when he comes on. But, you know, Belichick he does a local hit in Boston and he probably gets a paid local radio hit that he gets once a week. So I, I would say it's it's Coach K. What else do you have?
5: Uh wasn't Saban leaning towards TV too? He likes TV, as I or is that Urban Meyer? I can't remember. Saban did a stint on both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, game day, what sports coach is the most important? And I'm going to separate NFL and college football and then NBA and MLB. What is the most important job on game day? I've asked this before.
3: Uh, Well, I, I guess it depends who the coach is. If you're saying Bill Belichick on game day, I'd say there's no more important coach on game day than Belichick is. As far as college football goes, I, I don't know how much adjusting you do during a game. Like the coordinators do, but I, I it just feels like it's Belichick. I mean, he's known for this. You know, opposing coaches talk about and marvel that Belichick will do something first quarter that's different from the second quarter, that's different from the third quarter. You know, he just has that ability to find something and then he's waiting to unleash it on you. Or the adjustment at halftime. I mean, that's the brilliance. When you do it in the moment, as opposed to you got a week to prepare for somebody, you know, that, I mean, that's altered the NFL's history because of Belichick's ability to adjust during big games. Yeah, Paul.
6: You asked Rodney Harrison, the former Patriot, what happens at halftime. He said, Dan, it's 11 minutes. He goes, the defensive captain and the offensive captain go to their coordinators. They tell them something, one big chunk of information. They run that up to Belichick, Belichick and they sit for two or three minutes together, and it flows back down to the players, and it all happens in 11 minutes. Yeah.
3: This program is brought to you by NBC Sports, the Breeders' Cup World Championships, November 6th and 7th. The world's best thoroughbreds compete in 14 exhilarating races at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more at breederscup.com slash 2020 and catch all the action live on NBC Sports. Anything else, McLovin? Uh
5: Okay, who do you got, Braves or Dodgers? And if we put that poll up, which way are people voting? <laughs> it's going to be Dodgers today. I know, they're leading one-two in the series.
3: <laughs> yeah, I did the math here. The Dodgers' 15 runs are the most that any team has ever scored during the first three innings of a postseason game. If you combine the first three innings last night, the final three innings of Game 2, the Braves have allowed 22 runs over a six-inning span. That compared to six runs total in their other 70 innings this postseason. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day.
0: Here comes that what stat of the day.
3: Uh, And somebody said to me last night, is there a mercy rule? Should there be a mercy rule? And I said, no. Why, Why would you have a mercy rule? If I'm the Dodgers and I'm Dave Roberts, I want you to use up your bullpen. I mean, imagine if you go, hey, after five innings, uh, if you're up by more than 11 runs, then there's a mercy rule. And I thought, no, that's silly. I mean, we we have some new rules in baseball this year, like extra innings. You started second base. But I want you using up your bullpen. And, and that's what Dave Roberts wanted to do. I'm swinging for the fences. There's no margin where I go, you know what? We're not going to go for any more hits. No more home runs. You gotta, You got to tax that bullpen. Because now things line up really well for the Dodgers. Because Clayton Kershaw is pitching maybe the biggest game of his life. Certainly, you know, in the top five. Because if he wins, Walker Bueller then, it sets up nicely for the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, by the way, are now back to being favorites in the National League. A a slight favorite. That's all it took is 11 runs in the first inning. Yes, McLevin.
5: I saw a lot of Twitter baseball writers complaining that the Dodgers pitchers were like nibbling at the corners and like in the back old school baseball, it's an unwritten rule that you throw fastballs when you're up by 10 runs and that they weren't doing that. Like the, the buster only of the world were saying, what? why are these pitchers like pitching as if it's a close game? Don't you, when you're up, throw fastballs, you don't steal bases, you just try and get it through it. Okay,
7: but
3: if they can score 11, can the Braves score 11? I, I like how we go, hey, you guys ease up here. Meanwhile, these guys are trying their best to hit home runs, you know, score runs. They, they want to tax your pitcher. But if, if you say, hey, we promise not to come back, we'll throw strikes. Yes, Tom?
5: And if you're up 30-3 to three in the NFL, are you going to just play a prevent defense the whole rest of the way and just give up 10, 20 yards and yeah. every play?
3: Yeah, you're going, you know, I, I want to put, although I will say, we always look at, oh, that momentum going into the next game. Keep in mind what happened in the Yankees and the Red Sox in the ALCS. The Yankees blew out the Red Sox in a game that it was something like 15 to 2. And we thought, oh, my God, they're they're just killing the Red Sox. And it didn't matter. It was one game. Go back to the Pirates and the Yankees in the 1960 World Series. Pirates won all their games by like one run. The Yankees dominated. When they won, they, they won their three games. They dominated. Pirates just held on to win. And that's, you know, momentum is your next day's starter. That's really what this comes down to.
8: Yeah, Seaton. That game you're talking about, Yankees-Red Sox, was 19-8. to Oh. <laughs> 19-8. Oh. <laughs> I should know that. I was there. <laughs> I forgot all... Like, after
3: a while, you're like, uh, is it over yet? Is it over yet? Yeah, Paul. Was it 0-4, uh,
6: oh, uh, ALCS? Somebody won 15-2. to Game three, I think it was. Was it Yankees beat the Red Sox 15-2 to or something?
3: Wasn't there a Blue Jays... Phillies game that the Blue Jays, there was a blowout in one of those games. But I, I've seen this with basketball before, where you go, oh, they blew them out game one. And then, yeah, Paulie.
6: Game three of the 4 ALCS, game three, uh, Yankees won 19-8. to eight.
3: Yeah. Is there an echo in
9: here?
6: Yeah, no, that's or? what Seton just said. Oh, I'm sorry. I I <laughs> thought you were talking about the one back in the 80s one that you are talking about. What the hell are you talking about? I thought you were talking about the earlier Dodgers. Yes, McLovin. Yeah, there was a huge Blue Jays, a couple huge scoring
8: games for the yeah. Blue Jays.
6: 15-14 and 10-3. I thought you were talking about one that before that.
8: We just did like three minutes. Of no, my- I- we just talked about that. I know. What is the 15-2 one I'm thinking about?
6: There was a game that was 15-2.
8: Oh, wait, was that the 04 ALCS? I don't know. Check with Paul.
6: 198. I think that's the Yankees.
3: Red I- Sox? It's the,
6: the anesthesia talking. <laughs>
3: paulie gets out of his colonoscopy and all of a sudden he sends a a text it's two pictures of uh, some chorizo tacos (laughs) hey get back on the horse yikes yeah yikes look out below yeah Colin got a day off back to business (laughs) thanks for listening to the dan patrick show podcast be sure to catch us live every weekday morning nine to noon eastern or six to nine pacific on fox sports radio Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app
10: by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the plate. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards.
9: It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex
1: dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: We know that quality sleep is essential. And that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you and your partner whenever you want. Two beds in one firmer or softer on each side? You decide. And it helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature as well, quiets their snoring, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Sleep Number does everything. My Sleep Number setting is 75. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. You will never need another bed. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store and now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. David Pollack and the college game day crew will be live from Tuscaloosa this weekend at 9 a.m. on ESPN. Let me start with the role of the head coach. With Nick Saban not there, David, um, how important is it, having your head coach there the role that he plays on game day as opposed to what happens during the week
7: not every head coach is made the same um first of all which is which is important to know but nick saban is he is mr detail everything runs through nick saban like coin toss dan who's going out there which side (laughs) they're going to defend two-point plays by the way warm-ups he's looking at kickers on the hash like he's he made it from x he ran this play from there i mean He's literally as involved as any coach in all of college football. So to answer your poll question, I literally would put Nick Saban at the top of that list. So them not having that, and that's not that's just from a schematic standpoint, right? I'm not even talking about from a motivation standpoint. You've seen him get after his guys and his guys know like you better show up and you better do your job. Now, you know, dad's not over your shoulder over there looking at you. It it allows you to relax a little bit, maybe not play as, as energetic and maybe not be as tense. And by the way, he also puts his coaches on notice. All those dudes know they better bring it too. So this is a huge loss, man. It's not just a game manager. This isn't Bobby Bowden that oversaw everything late in his career or Joe Pa. This is a guy that's intric- everything in that building goes through Nick Saban.
3: You imagine Saban at home during this game?
7: Dude, no way. No, he ain't going to be at home by the way. I'm telling you, we need to have a contest whoever finds him in the stadium <laughs> in the box. <laughs> On the sidelines, like we're, the the fine Nick Saban game, he's he's so he's so controlling and, and he's got his hand on everything. I just can't. And the rules stipulate, by the way, that he can't have any communication with them, so he can't go back and forth. Um, now, listen, it doesn't say anything about text message, but he can't he can't have a phone conversation and have a direct line or direct contact. And I I don't see it happening, Dan. I it's, it's he's gonna find a way to make that happen.
3: Do you think he's gonna be in communication with somebody on the sidelines during the game?
7: Yes, I I think, listen, it doesn't say anything about text message in the bylaws. So I think he can text, but um, you know, I I still think it's, think about this game and how it was decided the last two times Georgia faced Alabama. Alabama put in backup quarterbacks. Nick Saban had to make that call on the sidelines. You gotta look in people's eyes and make that call. So yeah, he's gonna have to have more trust than he ever has um sarkeesian obviously is a head has been a head coach in the past so he's kind of got some experience but I, I think nick will find a way to make sure that he's got his hands on everything and he's he's making calls and he's trying to put his team in the best position to succeed but i think it's going to be difficult because the rules state you can't but it's the sec <laughs> i mean the rules kind of optional down south bro.
3: <laughs> and, and speaking from experience having played in the sec
7: yes 100 percent. Rules don't always apply i mean it's not you know it's not always it's not always
3: a game but if georgia's gonna get him this is like you're running out of excuses here david
7: yeah but you know what though here's the thing even if georgia wins you know nick's nick's assist he's he's undefeated against all of his assistants does this count like nick wasn't there so it really doesn't matter you know it's interesting too for the playoff picture dan because This game really doesn't matter as long as this is a close game and and neither team gets boat raced, you're still very much in the playoff picture you're still you still got a rematch in December probably the way things are looking where you can go at it again and, and both those teams will be alive but. Um no if George, if you're a Georgia fan you're like all right well how, how much i had Georgia fans obviously I went to University of Georgia fans texting me well wait a minute he was close to his defense all weekend do we need to quarantine them and so i think if you're, if you're Georgia you're definitely like wait a minute if it's going to happen this has to be the year
3: well also i think we have to keep an eye out on more positive tested Alabama because coach Saban's one of those i'm on the field i'm involved with the players here and with other huh? coaches so i i don't know if they're tested today how many times are you tested you know, during the course of a week during the season? Every school is
7: different, but Alabama's testing every day. Okay. So, and so here's the thing, by the way, they're the only two, you know, the AD and Nick Saban are the two that tested positive, no players. Um, but it could be a false positive. What if it comes back today and and it's not positive? And, and we just had 24 hours of madness and craziness. And and now Nick's going to be back at practice and things could be back to normal. So the more, here's the thing, if you're not, uh, all coaches across college football, Dan, they read Nick Saban's books and they read all these books of these coaches and how they think and formulate. Well, this year isn't about that. This year, you better be able to adapt. You better be able to improvise. You better be able to come up with some stuff on the fly on your own. You better be practicing people at multiple positions and you better have plans for when coaches aren't there. I mean, you saw it with Mike Norvell from Florida State. He didn't get to coach the game. You saw Virginia Tech's defensive coordinator last two weeks didn't get to be at the game. You better be able to adapt and improvise this year more than ever.
3: He's David Pollock, former uh, NFL player, and uh, when are you going into the College Football Hall of Fame?
7: Well, it was it was supposed to be this year, but they're not doing the uh, the induction ceremony because of all the stuff that's going on. So I think next year they'll um, if they as they ran out of people to put in, so they're going to put me in next year.
3: No, stop it! What are you benching these days?
7: <laughs> Can you bench Nothing. more than Fowler? A hundred percent. Yes. Come on, bro. I don't I, know. I, I better be able to. I, listen, I know Fowler swole, but I mean, I, if I can't bench more than Fowler, <laughs> I, I I think I would have problems. But I I don't throw around the heavyweight anymore, Dan. I don't need that stuff anymore. I'm good. more of a reps guy. We're, we're we're done with that.
3: Fowler is filling the sleeves, man.
7: He's he's strong. He's stout. He's always taking pride in that. You know, he's got to look good in that suit, man. He's got to fill that puppy
3: Uh-oh. out. Is North Carolina for real?
7: Well, I mean, you watch their offense, and you go, "Yeah, they just dropped fifty on Virginia Tech, even though half of Virginia Tech's defense wasn't there." Um, but their defense gave up forty, so I, I think they're, I think they're a team that is—they found their quarterback, they got a lot of skill, they've got a really good offense, but they're not a team that's recruited an elite level for a bunch of years. So they're really good, but they i don't think they're on the level of Clemson's and these playoff teams that have been recruiting at a high level for a long
3: time. But they don't play Clemson this year.
7: Well, they might play them in the ACC championship game.
3: but they got Notre Dame.
7: They got Notre Dame. And listen, Notre Dame's in a position where Notre Dame's recruited better and been um, better for longer. So I think Notre Dame's a team that could obviously get them too. But I'm interested to see the ACC with Notre Dame. And we say, you know what Clemson did last week, right? Miami's like, hey, Miami's coming, (laughs) Miami's coming. Clemson's like, shut up, sit down. Like, we're not ready to hear from you. So it's going to be interesting. Hopefully Notre Dame will give – you know, Clemson a game and we'll start to see them get challenged at some point because right now it's the ACC. It's kind of like Clemson. Okay. Then you just push people in the face and tell them to shut up and sit down.
3: Yeah. And I, I, I'm going to guess if Notre Dame played Clemson now, I think they play in two or three weeks. Clemson's probably going to be close to a two touchdown favorite. Yeah. Double digit favorite. I'm going to guess.
7: Yeah. And and Notre Dame had a game and then three weeks off. And and, and so they're, they're still kind of finding themselves with new weapons. But i tell you what, their offensive line, Notre Dame, is one of the best in the country. Um, and Ian Book has a lot of experience, so you you would hope they would make some plays. But I also said that about De'Eric King in Miami, that they were going to make some plays. And Brent Venables and that Clemson defense, just next guy up, next freak up, next five-star, putting them in there, and they look pretty daggum good.
3: What would your philosophy be if you're a Big Ten school or a Pac-12 school to try to impress the voters?
7: Just just play and try to win as by as much as you can. But here's the thing: we're seeing games getting canceled this week. So remember, the Big Ten has ten consecutive games in a row. So is that going to happen? I mean, you're not going to have. I think you're not. I don't think you're going to get through Corona without having something come up. And maybe that's two weeks of your season. The Pac-12 has seven games consecutive. So listen, this is a year that's it's crazy enough as it is. Just play really good football. Maybe you got a chance, but. I don't understand why the the expansion conversation is not more I get pissed every week we talk about I'm going to bring it up to Reese every week on game day he's going to ignore me every single week but in the year of 2020 why the heck would we not expand the playoffs. We don't know as much about the teams we don't have as much information we didn't have as much spring ball and fall practice so let's Let's expand it, get a few more teams in there, because now we know we got it right, and the best team's going to win.
3: But I'm with you on that, David, because especially this year where you need to raise money, you need to make money because you have athletic departments that have been really decimated here. And if you could add four more schools to this, I know we always look at the integrity of the bowl games. Well, you can still have bowl games here, but if you're not going to have fans, we don't worry about filling the stadiums uh, of these bowl games. You could still have the Fiesta Bowl as part of, you know, the playoff process here. There just wouldn't be fans because we were worried about, well, how many games can fans go to during normal times? But man, expanding it to at least eight this year, I I, I think this is a, I think these college athletic departments need it.
7: It's the perfect year. It's the perfect storm. Um, and, and listen, we don't, we're not saying we have to keep it that way, no, but in a year where everything's changing and everything's been so crazy, why not expand it a little bit and get more teams in there? And, and, it, and it makes everything, yeah, raise more money, more TV rights. Yeah, so our company won't buy more of that. Yes, please. I mean, and put it on air. Like more advertising dollars, like more, find a way to make why, why more money. Is, for the why sport. is Reese
3: Davis not giving you the platform you deserve? Who is Reese Davis?
7: <laughs> Reese, by God. And Davis, he's an Arkansas he
3: guy, so he doesn't know anything about football.
7: Reese is Reese is the man though. So I and he and by the way, he's my point guard, Dan. So I don't get touches okay. <laughs> unless I make sure I keep my point guard happy. So I
11: can't
3: I can't I can't slam Reese. And now he's an Arkansas guy, right? He's an Alabama guy. Oh, Russell he is. Scholes.
7: Yeah. Oh he graduated from University of Alabama.
3: Oh he did? Wow. Yeah. He probably wants a two-team playoff every year.
7: <laughs>
3: Alabama, Alabama, <Cosa>. and. <laughs> Alabama and Alabama <laughs> and Man, I, why did I think Reese was an Arkan? I apologize to Reese. Man, that, that's, I really insulted him there. Forgot that he went to Alabama. You know what? But back then with Reese, they weren't winning. So Reese didn't talk about Alabama back then. No, the, the, he didn't the, care the Mike about Shula them. years, he didn't bring up. The, I never heard from Reese back then. Nope. Now,
7: but the last 10 years, I've had to hear from him. So I'm, you got out at the right
3: time. <laughs> David, uh, safe travels there to Tuscaloosa. Game day will be there uh, coming up this weekend. Great to talk to you again. Thank you. Appreciate it, Dan. That's David Pollack. The uh, college game day crew will be in Tuscaloosa this weekend, uh, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hour two on this Thursday, Dan and the Danette, Dan Patrick Show. Started the show by talking about four Falcons had tested positive this morning, according to sources. Adam Schefter tweeting that out that the Falcons were shutting down their facility after multiple positive tests, telling ESPN. Shefty has since updated that to say that there's one person who tested positive, and it's not a player. I don't know if they're still shutting down the facilities. The Falcons have a game with the Vikings coming up this weekend. The big news with college football, LSU in Florida has been postponed. Nick Saban testing positive and will be watching the game somewhere, but not on the sideline for that big showdown with Georgia coming up this weekend. Baseball yesterday, last night, The Dodgers and the Braves. It was all Dodgers. Eleven in the first inning. They went at fifteen to three. The Astros stay alive. They're down three one to the Rays. No NFL game tonight. You know, for years I would say I don't like the Thursday night game. I didn't think it was fair to the players to play a game on Sunday. Then all of a sudden, turn around. Maybe you get a day off. Uh, You have a travel day. You got one and a half days, maybe two days to prepare for your opponent. I got no Thursday night football tonight. Now, all of a sudden, I'm going, where's my Thursday night football? Because this was supposed to be Kansas City against the Buffalo Bills. Poll question today, McLevin. What are we going to go with?
5: Okay, so far, which coach has the most impact on game day? It's college football number one by a large stretch, then NFL, then MLB, then NBA. Which is funny because the NBA coach does the most. He sets the rotation in the game, doesn't he? Yeah, I guess. Uh, Do you want to switch up to hour two? Who do people have, the Braves or the Dodgers? I think the Dodgers would go... Run away with that, poll,
3: Probably so now. You know, whenever you put up a big number, then we just we feel like, oh, they figured something out. Well, they figured out the pitcher they were facing, and that's why they put up 11 runs in the first inning. In today's world of overreacting to everything, people seem to have trouble remembering you need four wins to win a seven-game series, and they assume one game tells you everything you need to know. And now, you know baseball or any other sport that's how it works the dodgers they were down 0-2 and uh, seemed uh, seemed bleak and they go into game 3 and they win it 15 to 3 and maybe it's you know possible the pressure was getting to los angeles early in the series because it's world series win or bust not just world series or bust it's world series win and anything short of a title will be a disappointment last night the dodgers bats came back to life more importantly the pitching staff returned to normal and you got some uh, great arms that are ready to go here. If you got Kershaw and Walker Bueller back-to-back, and that's why Vegas has the Dodgers as a slight favorite, even though they're down two games to one. But the Braves, they had momentum, and all of a sudden it happened quick. It was swift. It was like a guillotine there in the first inning. And then Muncie with the grand slam, and you're going, okay, now what am I going to watch? I think I, I turned on Entertainment Tonight or uh, Extra with Billy Bush. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to watch. And then I saw that Louisiana was playing the Chanticleers of uh, Coastal Carolina. So I watched. You didn't it. call us? I didn't know I needed to go. Hey, uh, Channel 206, ESPN with college football there, but I uh, watched a good portion of that. Here is uh, Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager, on his team's performance last night. I do think that last night's
10: ninth uh, bled over into tonight, so it was just obviously a fun offensive night for us. Played good defense, and even you know when the game was out of hand, we still, I thought, in my opinion, took really good at-bats. Julio wasn't sharp early, but for him to get through five innings to save some other arms I thought was huge, so a good night for us. And the
3: key is you don't want to use your bullpen. You want to try to use as few pitchers as possible. There's no off days. And that's why if I'm the Dodgers, I wanted to have the Braves continue to go into that bullpen. I wanted them using arms because, you know, you you, you don't want to lose tomorrow's game today, as John Smoltz pointed out a couple of games ago. And that's what happens when you're going to, you know, use all of your pitchers. You're going to have your bullpen spent. And I think that was really important last night is how many pitchers could you get through Uh, nine innings with per either side there. If you combine the first three innings last night with the final three innings of game two, the Braves allowed 22 runs over a six-inning span. They allowed a total of six runs in their other 70 innings in the postseason. So it was a big offensive production by the Dodgers. It doesn't mean it carries over. You think it does? It doesn't. Time-tested, especially in baseball. Man, we dominated them. And then you get shut out, you get shut down. Then it's a two-one-three-two-four-three two, game. Saw it with the ALCS with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Saw it 1960 with the Pirates and the Yankees. You win big, and then they win by one run. You win big, they win by one run. All you gotta do is win. Doesn't matter. There's you don't you don't get style points. Hey, we won fifteen to three. You only get one win. They don't give you one and a half. Yeah, Paul.
6: Smoltz mentioned this last night. The Braves pitchers threw 234 pitches last night. Dodgers 170. He said that doesn't seem like a stat he would normally mention, but again, with no days off, it's all pitching management this week.
3: Nick Saban is going to sit this one out. We don't know where he's going to be. We just had David Pollock on. David played at uh, Georgia. He was an All-American there. He now works for the Mothership with uh, College Game Day. He said that he guarantees Nick Saban somehow is attached to the sidelines, even though you're not allowed to be. I don't think there's anything in the bylaws, the rules that say you can't text during a game. I don't know if Saban knows how to text. He just got an email address. He's going to be faxing in play adjustments. (laughs) His wife is going to be texting. Uh, Can you tell him that uh, we should probably blitz on third down? Uh, here is Coach Saban on, uh, he's still getting ready for the Georgia game on Saturday.
4: So we're still still doing everything possible to get ready for the Georgia game. Uh, I'll have normal meetings tomorrow. Everything will be on Zoom. Uh, we'll continue to do this. You know, Sark's kind of filling in in my absence uh, for anything that needs coordinated in the office. But we're going to do everything we can to help our team.
3: Sabin has 24 career wins against the top five teams in the country, most by any coach all time. And the last time Saban wasn't on the sidelines for an Alabama game, 2006 Independence Bowl, the Tide had an interim head coach that game after Mike Shula was fired following a loss to Auburn. So Saban wasn't even there, but that's the last time Saban wasn't on the sidelines for an Alabama game. Uh, Brian in South Carolina joins us. Hey, Brian, what's on your mind today?
0: Hey, let me go ahead and ask you a couple of questions. but first of all, it's first time, long time. Getting in touch with you is like getting in touch with a prom date from 10
7: years ago whenever you finally get attracted. Uh, six foot 165 full of tasty freeze. I actually went to Old Myth and uh, <clears throat> what I was gonna ask you is I took the point spread over uh, the, over on Old Myth versus Alabama last week. And totally crushed it, because who would have thought that was going to happen? But now that Nick Saban has coronavirus, do I... No, there's no
3: advice here. No, 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 no. Thank you, Brian. I'm not giving out any gambling advice. I I will say that the uh, point spread went from six, uh, Alabama favored by six, to minus four or four and a half. For entertainment purposes only. Sounds like a bargain. No, yeah, I'm no, I don't. I, good luck, but I think, no. Yes, McLov.
5: I don't understand how serious betters keep track of everything this year because it feels like it's harder to handicap than ever. Not that you are into that, but like,
3: I always thought that in some you know times like this, trying to get your defense ready to go was going to be hard to do, and therefore the over under would be the bet to go. It just feels like there's so much. There's so many more points being scored right now. It's hard enough for defenses, and then they can't get on the field. Offenses, it feels like, you know, everybody, every college team has their system there. And it feels like even Missouri is putting up big numbers there against LSU. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma. Like, it just feels like each week that these these teams, these programs are putting up big numbers there. But, you know, Vegas will uh, adjust, and then the over-under goes up even higher. Uh, Danny in Pennsylvania. Hey, Danny, welcome to the program.
0: Good morning, Dan. Longtime listener, first time caller. Six foot one, eighty five. You were talking about college atmospheres for football. I don't. I haven't been to many SEC games or anything down south, but a Penn State whiteout in Beaver Stadium. I have a hard time. That's going to be talked.
3: Yep, I uh, went to a Penn State game, and just the number of Uh, RVs that were there, like this this field that went on and on and on, full of RVs, and it was a beautiful sunny day. It it may have been a noon or a 1 o'clock kickoff, and it was just a great atmosphere, and the whole whiteout there was uh, pretty spectacular, although it looks even more impressive at night at Penn State. Uh, I have not been to the big house, but I'd love to go up there for an Ohio State game. Um, Yeah, Paul.
6: C and I went there a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it was Notre Dame, Michigan. I, it doesn't show from outside that Michigan Stadium is like recessed into the ground, if that's the right word. Because from outside, it looks kind of shallow. The 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 columns don't come up that far. It's not grand from the outside. But then you walk in and it goes down into the ground, and it's it's a surreal experience because it's it's like a mind trick when you're walking in.
3: Notre Dame always looked bigger on TV, and this is before the reconstruction, and. Uh, you know, you go in and all of a sudden you go, wow, this isn't as big as I thought. And there's no jumbotron there, but you you go and, and the atmosphere is great. On campus is great. If, if you get that opportunity, you know, probably not during these times, but you're able to walk on campus at this time of the year, it was spectacular. And then uh, the USC game against Notre Dame was played at night. And, you know, like, the atmosphere was wonderful. There's so many of these places around the country. I mean, we don't need testimonials from people, but these are just places that we've been to, and they certainly stand out. I saw, uh, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but I stumbled upon this. The New York Knicks have been linked to just about every veteran player here in the offseason. Victor Oladipo, Chris Paul, and now you can add another name to the list, Russell Westbrook Jr. The third, According to uh, Sports New York's Ian Begley, NBA agents believe that the Knicks would poke around end quote, on a possible Westbrook trade should the Rockets make him available. Oh, the Knicks. Leave it to the Knicks to go after Westbrook after all of his great years here. Chris Paul at the tail end of his career, and he's getting $42 million. Victor Oladipo, who is has uh, battled injuries. That's when the Knicks decide that they finally found their guy. You know what? Just try to gather a couple of good draft picks here. R.J. Barrett seems like he's going to be a player who's playing for at least a decade here. I don't know if Knox can play. I, I mean, they just don't have any there there when you watch the Knicks. It, they need to get some help, get the right draft pick, and then maybe you stumble upon a uh, Trey Young or Luka Doncic or just, you know, where you take a chance on somebody and maybe you get somebody. that That is something yeah, I know. But... I don't want like if I'm adding Chris Paul, I'm the Milwaukee Bucks because that might be the one player who puts us over the top. Russell Westbrook for the Knicks? Chris Paul for the Knicks? Victor Oladipo? But this is why the Knicks are the Knicks. I mean, Westbrook is is 32, and you probably say, well, that's still young, but the Knicks need younger players to build around to then bring in a player like Chris Paul or Victor Oladipo or Russell Westbrook. I, I I don't want to give up draft picks and then they just keep, you know, committing the same sins over and over and over. By the way, nobody wants the number one pick in the draft this year. Nobody wants the number two pick. In the, like, they're, they're trying to shy away from the draft as much as possible, but Minnesota's trying to trade it. Golden State is trying to trade it. Or if you're going to get somebody... You know, are you getting somebody who's going to help you right away. This is not a great draft. And that's why LaMelo Ball might be the number one player. And, and he does have talent, but am I going to bring him into Minnesota with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns? Would he fit in at Golden State? He's not a great shooter. It just feels like if you got a high draft pick, this is a bad year to have a number one. In the uh, first five picks, yeah, McLeod. Wait, he's not a great shooter, Lamelo. Yeah, I thought that was his thing. No, he's an unbelievable uh, passer.
6: I feel like I've heard this story somewhere before. N- not Lavar, Lamelo. It came
5: over half court. He'll take the deep one.
3: No, no, he'll <laughs> take it. There's I, yeah. I,
5: does it not go in like I, it should? <laughs>
3: I, I told you guys when I watched that he was a freshman playing in state playoff game. I've never seen worse decisions. On somebody who should be making great decisions, <laughs> I just I would just say, like he wanted to make it even tougher, and you know he does have a lot of talent. And I thought watching him as a freshman, I thought he has the potential to be better than than his brother, uh, but he just did not make wise decisions on the basketball floor. It just was like there's no discipline out there. But he does have a lot of talent. And I think playing overseas, playing against grown men, and coming into the NBA, he's got a chance to be, uh, you know, a, a really good player. But he's he's not a he's not one of those knockdown shooters, you know, the club.
5: By the way, I have a list of some uh, point guards who came to Knicks at the end of their career. Do you remember Jason Kidd was there for two years? I don't remember that at all. Marbury was kind of on the tail end. Yeah. Iverson came into camp. Uh, they had a lot of point guards who've done tours there at the very end. Derek Rose was there.
3: Hardaway, Steve Francis.
5: Steve Francis Iverson went into camp there. Oh man. is that would that be Russell Westbrook? is it is it nearing
3: the end enough or can he um he but I don't know what your system is for Russell Westbrook. I think that's the important part of this. Now where how do you use him? Because if you say, hey, you're the offense, uh, then, you know, you're going to get great numbers out of him, and people might be interested to go watch him play. I just don't know if he's going to make your team better. Are you building around a 32-year-old guard who's not a great shooter? Yeah, I, I don't know, but this these mistakes keep happening, and it's, you know, the, they change coaches, change players, GMs, but you still have the same owner in there. And I think until you get him out of there... You're going to continue to make these mistakes no matter who's in there as your coaches. Yeah, Paul.
6: It, it's weird, though, that it seems like they get there so close. Like Porzingis seemed like the right pick. It seemed like he was going to work out. Remember, they didn't go yeah. with D'Angelo Russell, and then as soon as he gets to where he's a good player, they they let him go. And also, the, the brand of the Knicks is so bad.
3: Well, Porzingis wanted out of there. And he was the right pick. I mean, they found their Doncic. Like, like, wait a minute, this guy can really play. Where a couple of teams passed on him. I just think that he Porzingis thought I don't want to play here. Even like we think, if you're over the age of forty-five or fifty, you go, man, you want to play in Madison Square Garden? These guys don't. They couldn't care less. Oh, you want to play in the Mecca? No, I'd rather play in Brooklyn. They don't want to play in Madison Square Garden.
9: It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazon prime for details.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and... To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Jeremy Fowler, the mothership, tweets out, Le'Veon Bell currently plans to sign with one of three teams per source. Dolphins. Chiefs, Bills. Bell will decide among these teams as early as today. Steelers reunion unlikely at this point. I thought the Bears or the Steelers, and the reason why I waited through the commercial break, I checked with my source on the Steelers and thought that that was a distinct possibility. They do have two really good running backs. And I thought Tampa was going to be in the mix because now you have a legitimate running back who is a very good wide receiver. And look, if you spot him up with Jones and Leonard Fournette, and maybe that's too many running backs, but I don't know. New England never has too many running backs. And if I got that wide receiver, you know, a running back who's experienced, and I got him in there, if I'm Tom Brady, that would be a guy that I would really want. The Chiefs, you know, maybe, you know, they're trying to uh, give Edwards Hilaire a little breathing room, or maybe there's insurance on using him. Bills have a couple of running backs. Dolphins is interesting. If you're Le'Veon Bell, do you just say, "Let me go to the Chiefs"? Like, doesn't that make the most sense? You're not you're not a starter, but you're going to be playing some pretty good minutes there, and you're going to be there with Patrick Mahomes. Buffalo Bills. I would want to go to a team that's winning. I don't want to go to a you know situation that's anywhere near with the Jets. Well, what is as close to what the Jets have? You know, uh, Andrew Gase, he is the uh, head coach of the Jets. He won't answer why Le'Veon Bell didn't work in New York.
0: Do you agree with the perception that you misused him? It's irrelevant at this point. You know, Adam, when a team makes a, a free agent investment that large and it ends before two seasons, I think the fans are interested in knowing why it didn't work out with a player of that stature.
4: Yeah, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. And- We're going to focus on
3: this game right now. Adam Gase didn't want Le'Veon Bell. I don't think he made that a secret. And uh, he didn't use him. It's almost like he didn't want him to succeed. Because what do you have on that roster? What do you have on that offensive side of the ball? Very little. And if you have Sam Darnold, and they may not have Sam Darnold. I wonder if Sam Darnold gets traded. I don't think his future is with New York. And I do think that Sam Darnold is probably going to follow that path just like Ryan Tannehill. He might have to go to a team and be a backup and eventually earn a starting role again. Because we still don't know with Sam Darnold. Because they've never had anything around him where you can go, I truly know what kind of quarterback that is. We know from college, but not in the NFL. We've seen glimpses, but that's not enough right now. If you're going to invest in you know, your quarterback, and he's going to cost you. It's not like you get Sam Darnold on the cheap. Once you sign these guys to that next contract, it's next guy up. Now, nobody's getting Mahomes money, but are you getting $36, 37000000 million a year because that's the going rate? That's what I don't understand with these GMs. If I'm going to sign, let's say, Sam Darnold to an extension with New York, he doesn't get what the other quarterbacks get. Like, this is what the offer is. We'll give you five years, and we're going to give you, you know, $27 million a year. I shouldn't be paying him $37 million. Not that anybody's going to, but that's what happens. Next guy up, next guy up, next guy up. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, point.
6: As far as the money with Le'Veon Bell, he's owed $6 million by the Jets. Let's say he signs a $1 million contract to play the rest of the year for the Chiefs. That's taken off what the Jets owe him. So the max money basically he could make this year is $6 million. If you're Balanization, you go to a team that is going to appear in the playoffs, so you can get a couple of playoff checks. Because yeah. that's the only way. Otherwise, you just sit the season out and watch. Because you're not making any money by playing. And the Chiefs, you get three playoff checks.
3: You just see these teams, and they make the same mistakes over and over and over and over. The Knicks do it. The Jets do it. I don't expect the Giants to do it because they have a great track record but they've been as bad, if not worse, than any team over the last three years, and there's no signs that they're going to be much better the rest of this season. I don't, Could the Jets go 0-16? It's really hard to go 0-16. Could they go 0-16 here? And I'd say yes. <laughs> and, and it might be a good thing if they went 0-16, because then at least you're going to have a new coach, you're going to have Trevor Lawrence, and now you start to build around. You know, you, you went up uh, high to get an offensive tackle. But I know they have the Dolphins twice. They got the Dolphins
6: twice, but that's the only really winnable games. They got, you know, the Chargers, Vegas, Seattle, Rams, Cleveland, New England. Those are all games where they will definitely not be favored.
3: Yeah. Yes, Tom.
5: Imagine what Madison Avenue can do with that pretty boy blonde if he somehow uh, ended up with
10: the New York Jets next year.
3: Well, it would help if they won, because it doesn't matter what you look like if you're not any good. Yeah, McClellan.
5: Isn't their quarterback play a little too good to go 0-16, the Flacco-Darnold combination? Can't you see those guys getting hot for a quarter? And, hot? I don't know. Darnold, yes. Who?
3: Like they, they They don't have skill position guys.
5: They kind of did it last year. They went on a little I random know. run with no skill position guys either.
3: Over, under two and a half wins. Who's going over with the New York Jets? Anybody? 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 One and a half wins. Who's going over? <laughs> Paulie. Yeah. Yeah. Todd?
10: Yeah, I can see them winning two games. Two games.
3: Yeah, what it is it's hard to go 0-16. Like the how many times do you see a team and you go, How did they win that game? We've already seen that this year.
8: Yeah, Seaton. Looking at the rest of their schedule, the Jets, they have uh Bills, Chiefs. That's a loss. Loss, loss. Uh, Patriots. Loss, loss Chargers. Loss. Well, is that in L.A.? Yes? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dolphins, Raiders. Mm. Seahawks, Rams. Wow. Browns, Patriots. Wow. <laughs> Over, under, a half
3: a win. <laughs> oh, man. That's tough. Yeah, Club
5: Yeah, but this year you don't know who's going to be good when. Like, I have no idea how good any of those. Vegas and New York in November come across country. That seems like a random game.
3: Yeah, and, and, you know, people forget who you've played. I know that you can only play who's on your schedule, but are the Steelers really good? Are they good? I, I think what the teams they played have three wins combined that they've defeated. So I don't know how good the Steelers are. I think they have the potential to be great. Uh, if Ben is healthy, they always find what well, you know. Chase Claypool. They they always find a wide receiver. You got a couple of running backs there. That defense is very good. You got an experienced head coach. You're in a tougher division. You got the Browns coming up this weekend. Yeah, Paul,
6: your 2008 uh, Detroit Lions that went 0 yeah. 16. They only came within three points of winning once the entire season. They lost 12 uh, 10 in that burner versus Minnesota on October 12th. And I hate to bring this up, but wait—the
3: twelve ten was the Orlovsky safety.
6: Yeah, or we forgot to bring this up yesterday to pile on Dan Orlovsky. He started uh, seven games at quarterback for your your point mm. Lions. Mm. Then you had the the Kitna era, zero oh, and four, and the Dante Culpepper era that same season of zero oh, and five, which I don't remember any of this.
3: Lu- Lubomir from the Ukraine joins us again on the program.
9: Dan Patrick, good morning. Good morning, Lubomir. I have. I have two things. Uh, you were comparing baseball managers to other coaches. How important are they on the field? I think White Sox firing Rick Renteria kind of shows that importance because Rick Renteria was good for managing little children. He is not good for winning ball clubs. Like when they clinch, in two weeks left season, they win, like, three games because he's too much of a cheerleader. You need more method. Okay. And uh, uh, number two, I'm uh, an Uber driver, and one thing that prevents me from perfect rating is your, your show because I try so hard listening to your <laughs> show all the time. People get in the car, and they say, oh, you know, they want to talk. I'm like, okay, good morning. Okay, you know, but awesome show, good times. Thank you. All right, thank you,
3: Lubomir. Wait, am I hurting him getting a great rating because they get in the car and they want to listen to music, not me? I'm not sure what Lubomir was uh, talking about. Is he
6: in the Ukraine now? As we No, speak. no,
3: no, no, no. He's in upstate New York, but oh. he relocated from the Ukraine, and he, he listens to the show.
6: We crush it in ratings in the Ukraine.
3: We did. Well, you used to. Yeah, we used to. Lost that affiliate. Yeah, yeah. Yes, doctor. Or he's
10: listening so intently, he's just ignoring all the calls to pick people up, and he's just like hanging out. He pulls over to the side of the road, and he's losing business
5: because he'd rather just listen to the show than actually get people.
3: And, to come. and that, I, you know, that was the other part of that. I thought maybe he's just not doing business because he's listening to the show. But that's uh, Lubomir. Seton, are you skeptical about Lubomir from the Ukraine? Not in not in the
8: slightest. Okay.
3: Because <laughs> yesterday we weren't quite sure. If Lubomir was really Lubomir. Did we think it was Sasha Baron Cohen? Or Sour Shoes from the Howard Stern Show? But Lubomir, you're welcome to call whenever you want to. Yes, McLovin?
5: If it was one of those guys, wouldn't they stay on longer to to
3: try it and? I don't know. Yeah, there, there's usually where you get on and then all of a sudden they're going to
8: drop something in there. If, if Lubomir is indeed a prank caller and he's... Going on this long play yeah. here of calling in twice <laughs> before he gets us, and then on the third time, he's like, Bye, gotcha. Yeah. That's incredibly well done. And I'm okay with that. If Lubomir says,
3: ah, gotcha, I got a southern accent, I'm not from the Ukraine.
9: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I spent the last uh, eight days calling you not working just to pull off this prank. Yeah, Paul.
6: Lubomir is a Slavic name meaning uh, love and peace. Lube is love. No, no joke there. And mir is peace. <laughs> Lubomir. It sounds like it could be like some type of product that it they does. sell in the
3: Ukraine at those stores. Yeah. Fritzy likes. Yeah. Uh, do you have any Lubamir, please?
6: My, my wife and I have an issues. There's uh, uh, there's
3: an aisle down here. Oh, you got to go down that aisle over there. Lubomir. Uh, I was uh, McLevin asked me this question, if I took away Russell Wilson Jr. the 3rd and Aaron Rodgers, the dark horse MVP, dark horse Dark Horse MVP, not Dark Horst. Uh, that, Horst Muleman was a, a former kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> nice. McClellan put Derek Carr on there, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Donald, DeAndre Hopkins, Alvin Kamara, and Josh Allen. Any other Dark Horse candidates? Is Brady a Dark Horse candidate? Oh, my God. I forgot about him. But is he a Dark Horse candidate? Yeah, I don't think he's in top three of odds, is it? No. Um, Out of that group, I guess Josh Allen. You're not worried about uh, Tuesday? Yes. Yes. Uh, Josh Allen is one of the more fascinating quarterbacks in the game because he can do something that very few, of, if anybody can do, and then he'll do things where you go, that was very ordinary.
6: Yeah, Paul. What if Aaron Donald gets 22, 23 sacks? Why couldn't he be NFL MVP?
3: Well, I want to know how good his team is.
6: Let's say the Rams make the playoffs and Aaron Donald has 23 sacks.
3: Depends on what the other quarterbacks do. Yeah, McClellan. Because Aaron Rodgers right now is playing perfect football. And that would be a great story. If Aaron Rodgers continues at this pace, then he would probably be your MVP. Because this will come down to maybe who has a better record if Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. If those are the two that are vying for this, it might be who has the better team record. Yeah, McLevin.
5: But do you remember when Adrian Peterson broke the 2,000-yard mark and snuck in as MVP? Maybe like Aaron Donald breaks the all-time record? I don't know. I mean, it's going to be hard. The quarterbacks are so good. What's the most sacks Aaron Donald has had in a season? I think he had 20 and a half and led the league. uh, I had messed that up, by the way, the other day. He's the only interior lineman to lead the league in sacks in recent years.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Paul.
6: Alvin Kamara have a shot kind well, of carrying the Well, you're
3: trying. You're trying to get him in there.
6: I am actually not.
3: I'm, I no, think no, you're camping. Oh, McLovin is camping. Yeah,
6: Paul,
5: mainly because he's a Kamara hater. But uh Kamara's not just a, a Kamara hater. He's an
3: unbelievable receiver. You're not back. a Kamara believer.
6: No, I lo- I like Alvin Kamara. I would never pay anybody for with a second contract. Oh, yeah.
3: I I wouldn't either.
6: I love having him on my team. He's a he's a good pass catching running back. Very good. Yes. Oh, see, even that, uh, (laughs) that (laughs) was clearly the best pass catcher right there. But, Lovin, you're the biggest hypocrite. You say receptions by running backs mean nothing. That's a direct quote.
5: They don't. The little screen pass means nothing. But, hell, right out. Did you see he had a 40 yard catch to win the game the other day? He's unbelievable out there. He's a him and McCaffrey are great receivers, not just any receivers.
3: All I know is if I can get a guy like that out in the open. And I throw him a you know a four yard pass. He has a chance to make it a forty yard completion.
5: Isn't that why? So there's value in that. Isn't that why Le'Veon
3: Bell was so good with the Steelers too? He was a great wide receiver at running back, but he was also a great running back. He he sort of reinvented he he invented a new style to run where you you sort of glide you know east to west and then you pick your spot and then you head north. And, and having that patience there, that, that was something that was, you know, kind of unique. Yeah, McLevin. Do you think
5: uh, running backs ever come into draft again? Like teams are going to be like, if there's a guy who's a great pass catcher, uh, do you think they'll go top 10 again? I know Travis Etienne at Clemson is getting a lot of attention, but.
3: Yeah, but I don't see these guys. Well, just from what I've observed here in the last five to seven years, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a wonderful player but are you going to win with Christian McCaffrey? Can I build, you know, Derrick Henry in a, in a different era would be one of the biggest stars in the game because we featured running backs, not quarterbacks. And if Derrick Henry played in the 70s and 80s, like he would be the guy that we would be talking about. Now we talk about quarterbacks because, you know, it's wide open and we've created these rules or lack thereof and not calling holding penalties and a wide receiver gets to do what he wants. You know, you got really talented players coming in to play the position. They're ready to go right away. But it used to be the running back. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR
10: or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that.
9: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is...
2: Enter the kingdom in
3: IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. He's Derrick Henry. He's the Titans running back. Joining us on the program after the big night against the Buffalo Bills and, of course, the stiff arm against Josh Norman. His college coach, Coach Saban, is tested positive for coronavirus. lot to get to. And uh, we talked to Derrick Henry earlier today, and I asked him, uh, when will you watch the game film from the Buffalo game?
11: We will watch it today. We'll all get together and watch it today and um see how good we did and see the bad things we did and then see how we can get better.
3: Okay, but you're gonna know when the stiff arm against Josh Norman is coming up. So how long does Coach Rabel stay on that play?
11: I think he'll he'll probably say, We all we all seen this, it's all over the internet. Um and 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 continue to use it. But next time, get more yards out of it. Oh. Well,
3: I I did wonder about that. I mean, you did get the stiff arm, but then you went out of bounds. Yeah, because I was looking at him.
11: I was so focused on him (laughs) when I stiff armed him. By the time I realized where I was at, I was already on the sideline.
3: Wait, so you're looking at Josh Norman on the ground and didn't realize you ran out of bounds?
11: Didn't even realize it. I was so caught up in it. I looked out. I was right by my teammates on the sideline. How do you explain the last two weeks?
3: Trying to prepare, not even sure where you can prepare. How did you prepare for a football game when you first thought you were facing the Steelers, and then it's you know the Buffalo yeah. Bills?
11: Yeah, it was. Uh, I was I was anxious just to you know get get back on the field, get back with my teammates, and get back to playing ball. You know, just uh, working out, um, staying in shape until we got you know the go to come back in the building. And be able to uh, be together and um, practice and, you know, prepare for a game. And there was a little time we had. We tried to do the best we could to get some preparation in to go win the football game. And I think we went out there on um, Tuesday night, you know, it showed, you know, how much we miss ball and love being together and, um, you know, playing but, well and just being a team. But are you
3: practicing in your backyard? Like, you can't go to the facility, so how do you? what do you do to work out?
11: Well, it's it's a park right down the street from where I live at, so I was just working out, running uh, every day, just just staying in shape.
3: Wait, are there neighborhood kids or dads down there working out with you?
11: I made sure I went around uh, the time everybody was in school and everybody was working, so I didn't get bothered that much. I might have seen a couple of dogs being walked with, not not that many people was there.
3: Uh, What did you guys learn from last year going to the AFC title game?
11: Um, That, you know, as long as we, you know, play, can play, play complete as a team and, you know, believe in one another, that we can go as far as we want to go. But, you know, the, the main goal is, is finishing. It was good getting there, but, you know, we want to finish. We want to make it to a Super Bowl. But we know that, you know, it starts, you know, about the off season and through training camp and, you know, us just playing complete football as a team right now to get to that goal. I think you bring up to Coach Brabel today that practice is
3: overrated, Derek, just to say, you know, Coach, I don't know if we really need to work every day, work hard every day. How do you think that would go I, over?
11: Well, I'll I tell you this. this Today won't be the first time you heard that because on Tuesday night, it was definitely <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of chatter about that, you know, during the game and after the game. So it was a lot. It was a lot of chatter. He's,
3: He's uh, Derrick Henry. He's got the Texans coming up this weekend. Uh, have you ever had a conversation with J.J. Watt during a game?
11: Actually, I, I, I haven't. I um, actually haven't played, you know, which is, you know, not, not, not knocking on him. I haven't played him because, you know, sometimes he needs to be uh, hurt or, you know, things like that. I think i played against him a few times. You know, he's definitely a, a game wrecker, you know, and I look forward to playing against him because, you know, we know what type of player J.J. Watt is. Are you bigger than him? JJ? What? No, 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 sir. It's
3: close though, isn't it? Uh let me let me get the the measurements on, on Sunday after the game, and then I'll, I'll get back with you. <laughs> and, and you know what? He loves to be called Justin. You not, got it. You yeah, got not it. JJ. I'm, Just say, Hey, Justin, how are you?
11: I was like Dan. Ratchett said he loves to be called
3: Justin. <laughs> Word from him. Yes, and you can do that. You have my permission to say Dan Patrick said, Hey. He said to call you, Justin. Um, you got it, uh, Coach Saban. Uh, when did you find out about uh, him testing positive? And can you imagine what he's going to be like at home during a game with you know playing Georgia?
11: Yeah, um, when I found out, I was I was bummed. Um, but I know you know he's. I know he is going to be itching to be out there. But I mean, with the circumstances, you know, you just got to do what you got to do to get healthy and get back out there. Um, I know I was talking a lot of a lot of chatter with my teammates about this game who went to Georgia, but i probably, I probably quiet down now <laughs> until, until game day. So, yeah.
3: Well, you got Steve Sarkeesian who's going to take over, but I what is Saban going to be like sitting there at home watching the game?
11: Honestly, that's a good question. I'm wondering the same thing. Me and you are definitely still wondering the same thing, because I... It's, it's so different, so I'm so he, I, mean, I know he's used to being on the sideline, and we used to see him on the sideline, so that actually is a good question
3: and this is a great offense. Alabama's got a great offense. This might be as good an offense as they've ever
11: had, but it feels like we say that every year. yeah, I know, I mean, they score fast, they're explosive, you know guys can make play at any given moment, so it's going to be an exciting game.
3: would you really rather wait. would you rather beat Auburn or Georgia? Both. No, you don't. I said either. Which one? Both. Or LSU. All of
11: them. <laughs> Took them all out. But who did you hate? Oh, uh. Of course, Arbor. Auburn. Auburn is 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 number one. That's that's no question. Yeah, that's no question at all. Auburn's number one for sure.
3: I went back and looked at your draft profile, and it told me all the things that you didn't do well and I is that why you dropped to the second round like you were too tall, you were too stiff, you weren't elusive. Instead of people focusing on what you did well, they focus on what you don't do well.
11: Um I mean, yeah, I mean that was that was a lot of it, you know, during the when, when I was coming out and all I was thinking about is control what I can control. When I get here, you know, be different. Um, uh, make an impact, and you know, all the things said, you know, make them regret what they said.
3: Yeah, and I do. You run with a chip on your shoulder? Always got to. You probably got a couple of chips
11: on your shoulders. I probably got about eighty of them on my shoulder. Yeah, I remember.
3: Well, uh, congrats on the success against the Buffalo Bills, and uh, have fun against the Texans once again. Just say hello to Justin.
11: Watch. Justin, I got it. You, you got it. You
3: got it. All right. Thank you, Derek. Thank you all for having me. That's Derek Henry, Titans running back. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite.
5: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake Kits...